Hello and welcome to Fine Beats and Cheeses, a pop culture podcast that asks, what do you do when you can't find the rainbows in this, this time? time? I don't know. I am Leslie Gray Streeter, journalist, author, and unapologetic fan of Landview and Pine Valley, and I will beat up anybody with a problem with it. And you are? I am Lynn Streeter Childress, who um, uh, was the queen of trying to run home before three o'clock um, so we could catch the stories. Some of you might call them soap operas. Um, stories is what uh, we and our grandparents called them. And, you know, the lady that used to babysit us. But today on Fine Beats and Cheeses, we are talking about soaps specifically the classic ABC lineup of All My Children, One Life to Live, and General Hospital. We didn't do loving, but that's okay. We don't That's care. fine. I mean, it'll Ryan's come up. Ryan's Hope, y'all. Ryan's Hope oh, will Ryan's come up. Hope. The city. They'll all come up, but we're going to go with up. the big three. The person you hear is our guest, Melanie Hood Wilson, a person that neither of us have never met before. Never. You said that neither of us have never, so that that's a double like negative. That actually is accurate. So maybe yes, it is double accurate. Ne- the double negative makes it accurate. It makes it accurate. Anyway, Melanie Hood Wilson, who may or may not be my best friend, um, is a <laughs> principal consultant educator um, of Melanie Hood Wilson and Associates. Um, she got her degree um, in 93, her BA, and also her MSED from Sarah Lawrence College. In 94. In 94, she returned to Baltimore to teach. In 2001, she was hired to lead the single-step program at Community College of Baltimore County, growing the program from eight students to over 300 and winning five local and statewide awards. In 2019, 2019 she launched Melanie Hood Wilson and Associates, which provides trainings and accountability planning in diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as academic and disability support. Welcome, Melanie Hood Wilson. Hey, y'all. Where my cheese at? <laughs> the cheese is in cheese. your ears. She ha- Well, you know, we do have wine, but no. Leslie, um, that would be such a great tie over to do is to send our guest cheese. <laughs> I love it. I want my cheese. <laughs> And not cheese whiz. And we would start if we're low when we're low budget now to send like <laughs> glasses of cheese whiz. American Jar. cheese slices. Yes. It's a single slice. A Just single a slice. slice. The the Aldi uh, cheese sticks. Oh. Only the Aldi for you, y'all. Anyway, what we are talking about, because obviously in this podcast we celebrate things that many people find cheesy and that the mainstream finds cheesy, but that those who love them take very seriously. And I can't honestly think of a better representation of that phenomenon than soap operas. Yeah, um, well, a question before we start, Melanie Hood Wilson, what would you define as some as cheese? Oh my, are we talking cultural cheese? Cultural yes. cheese. Cultural cheese. So when I, so I'm going to take this away from the bad name that cheesiness has received, you know, ah, that's so cheesy. When I think of cheese, the actual literal cheese, I think about something that is decadent. I think about something that feels like comfort to me. Yes. I think about something that may not have a ton of nutritional value and I might, you know, have some issues with my gut later on um, because as I get older. Come on now, lactose. The lactose intolerance is Ugh. real, but it's worth it. 
Yes. It's, we it's need. Yeah. So if we could do a transcript of this, we need to like put that on like our information that we send to people one day because that is, is amazing. Yours. Yes. Thank you. Consider See, it yours. Aren't you? Aren't, don't you wish that we had 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 you sign a release now, Melanie? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> we can just jack your stuff now. Love it. I own fifty one percent of this podcast, (laughs) which is worth right now a a cheese stick from Aldi. But go ahead. And and this um, not it's not even my real uh, Invisalign case. It's the cheap one that I got from Amazon. So this is what you can have. That's what you can have. But yes, I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, our tagline is that there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. If you like it, it's it's good, even if um, when it's over, you're like, what the? I mean, I our last guests were the Smiths of uh, Hanover and uh, the Smiths and the Streeter Smith, and we did um, Murder, she, Murder wrote, she Wrote, and I've actually been watching it on my phone, and it's amazing. So, yes. So, ABC, why this universe of... So, so, fun fact, back in the day, and I don't know what goes on in firehouses now, but back in the day, before I was a teenager, um, sorry, my, my Tribe Called Quest reference, okay, never mind, there you go. <laughs> back in the day, um, my dad was a Baltimore City firefighter, and one thing that no one would probably, I think people think firefighters, what do they do when they're you know, between fires. I think most people envision they're like pumping weights and they're making chili and they're sliding down poles and petting Dalmatians. Yes. They were watching soap operas. With a Dalmatian? There were no Dalmatians. Dang it. I'm so sorry to kill the My childhood. Yeah. So my dad introduced me to the ABC soaps when I was a kid. I love it. All my children was the the first one. That was the big one. That was... um, yeah, that was the start of my of my soap uh, fandom, and I don't think I was any more than maybe seven. But again, like you mentioned, in our culture, and and for those who are listening and may not know, we are all three African American women. Here we are. In our culture, sto- stories were are, are can be a big thing. At least in our generation, I don't know what it's like for kids now, but. I mean, most kids I know were watching the stories in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And it might have been because of your parent. It might have been, again, like you said, the lady who watches you after school, yeah. your grandma, whoever. But somebody's watching them stories. And there was before the time where we had, like, Disney Plus. Well, forget streaming. I mean, certainly didn't. streaming's a whole other thing. But we, unlike my kids, who had, like, Nickelodeon and Disney Channel and all of these services uh, on cable, all of these cable channels that were completely structured for them. Mm-hmm. Right. At, when you were a kid in the 70s and 80s, you got what you got. You got and what you, what you got. got was some cartoons that might have come on like at 3.30. At 3.30, and after school. In the afternoon, right? So if you're homesick or it's summertime or it's a teacher professional development day or whatnot, and grandma or in, case, in my case, daddy is watching the soaps, that's what you're watching. Because even if you were to say, oh, I want to watch something else, half the time they'd be like, no, this is what I'm watching. But also, <laughs> there was nothing else to watch. No. And there's one TV in the house, probably. And, I mean, you could do that PBS vibe and go, you're watching, 
you know, Sesame Street and the electric company came on around the same time as the soap, right. so it was one or the other. Yeah. It was not all day. And I, and I grew out of Sesame Street and went to the soaps. I mean, that was kind of my progression. Sesame Street to soaps. Yeah. I will say this, flash <laughs> forward to the... To the 2000, early 2000s, where Melanie's daughter, Maya, who's my goddaughter, we had gone to uh, Disney World, and that's when SoapNet was still a thing. Ah, SoapNet. So we had Rest gone, in peace. Rest in peace, and they showed the ABC soaps. So, and some of the nighttime soaps was really great. So we had spent all day in Disney hell, and it was a very long day, and we were tired. So we go back to our Disney hotel, and Melanie puts on SoapNet, and Maya says, no, no. I want to watch my own show. And Melanie says, Maya, this entire day was your own show. The ladies are watching the stories. And there was not another peep out of it because that was our comfort. That was the thing was. that you go to, that you said. And also, I mean, we taped at that point. So we had probably seen some of the episodes because they would show the whole week of right. shows. They, were, they would like start at like... You know, on Saturday mornings, they'd show they all... they do the marathon. they do the yeah. marathon. And, and the and same soap, day. And SoapNet, I was going to say, and SoapNet, for you who doesn't, who don't know, is a, was a cable channel. Yes. All, where they showed Completely all the ABC dedicated soaps. dedicated to showing the soap operas, so that if you were a person who worked during the day, and you forgot to, well, I, you know, I was dedicated. I had my VCR ready. Yes. But if you didn't have the presence of mind to set your VCR... Or, you know, it just wasn't that important to you. You're not so obsessed that you had to do that. You could always tune in in the evening. During weekdays, there would be a single single episodes, like the day's mm, episodes. Mm. And then on the weekend, there would be the marathons. And it was mostly ABC soaps. I don't know exactly why. After a while, some of the others joined in. But I remember... Well, because Disney was related. So it was, it was a Disney, Disney related. Okay, because I remember SoapNet was very ABC heavy. Oh, yeah, 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 but yeah. But yeah. these were people... I mean, honestly, it's it's interesting because, like, I was a stay-in... I, I considered, you know... I, I, I When I talk about kids, I put them into two categories. There are runaround kids and there are sit-down kids. I was a sit-down kid, mm -hmm. you know? I spent a lot of my childhood on a sofa, which is probably not the healthiest thing, but that would, you know to each his own. And um, as a sit-down kid, I watched a lot of TV. And people like Erica Kane and Dorian Lord and the Quartermains, you know, they're, that's like my extended family. <laughs> so that's actually a good place to go. So of those of you who aren't soap people, most soap operas have some combination of the really, really, really rich family and the salt mm -hmm. of the earth um, family who is, it's usually a nurse, right. you know. The Wallingfords and the Martins. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And they're, um, exactly, oh, the Martins. That's who I was thinking of. Yes. And, and you know, but isn't it dad, funny that the salt of the earth family, still dad's a doctor. It's still a doctor, yes. right. Because ain't nobody poor on soaps. Even no. poor people on soaps are well, not poor. Well, there was one. There was Delia. And then she was quickly not and poor. And then quickly not poor. Or like Jesse and Angie had their salad days, but then Angie was a doctor two weeks later. Yep. Oh, right. my children, yes. And I'm then sorry. like Opal. Um, yes. When, Opal. when being poor is a signifier of your 
of your your class and your character. So yes. you know that's where we soaps did so taught us some not so great things. Yeah, too, Billy right? Clyde Tuggle. Literally. Billy Clyde Tuggle. Yeah, who was a both a bumpkin. He was a villainous bumpkin. Matthew Coles, y'all. Yes, villainous bumpkin. I will say that one of the things that the themes that we talk about, and it's very depressing, but it follows through on pop culture, is that many things that are considered cheesy are also things that are targeted to women. Shoot, because absolutely. those who have made, and I say this very confidently as someone who's written about pop culture for 30 years, those who sort of set the rules and the, the standards and the, who are the gatekeepers were dudes. Mostly white dudes. Mostly guys of a certain education and a certain taste. And, and, and towards the end of our, my soap watching days, largely gay. And largely gay. But well, that's just that's for soap watching. I mean, just in general. Okay. The, but yeah, but exactly that she's very right. It's like it was so funny. We couldn't even have that. It's like gay guys were like, we're still white men, but we're gay. You know, and <laughs> women, you still get no thing. Yeah. No thing. And, well, you know what's interesting too. Also, large swaths of of of, of people of color watch yes. soap operas, and a lot Absolutely. of that was. I mean, I think, and you can quote me or somebody can fact check me. But a lot of the jobs that they did, you know, were things where you could have the TV on. You're cleaning. Well, we were domestic workers. Exactly. More than 80% of black women, even in the 60s, were still working in domestic work. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was... Until the seventies, that is what we did. And you mostly. had the TV on. And yeah. the TV on. And for the people that I knew, or you were babysitter, domestic work, and the people that I know, our grandparents Streeter, um, watched soaps. They were NBC people. Yes. But it was that idea though, the TV the went enemy. on in the morning. Right, the TV went on in the morning and it was the morning news, the game mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. Um the afternoon, 12, news. afternoon news, then the soaps. news, then when the soaps. I was, yeah, when I was in elementary school, back in the Stone Age, uh-huh. they actually trusted you, which is a bizarre concept these days. They actually trusted you to leave school, yep. walk home, yes. eat lunch at home, and then come back to school for your afternoon classes. And that's what I did from about third grade on. Um, I, I didn't like school lunch. I didn't enjoy the loud cafeteria. I would, could do without recess. So I would go home and I would, I, would, I think I was probably about 10, maybe nine or 10 at the time. I would get a little pot out and make myself my can of chicken noodle soup. And I was a latchkey kid, of course, like so many of us. Mm-hmm. And I would watch Oprah Winfrey on the noon news on channel 13, followed by Ryan's Hope. And when Ryan Tope was over, I would turn off the TV and book it back the four blocks to school 204 for my afternoon classes. So even when I was like in late elementary school, I was prioritizing my stories and finding a way. If I could have stayed for all my children, trust me, I would have. But I also knew that cutting class was not something I could do. I'm going to say that every person on this podcast at least once during the four-year college career or five-year college career, in Melanie's case, scheduled at least one class around a soap opera. Oh, girl. Oh, yeah. My parents bought me, I, I made my parents buy me a television for my dorm room sophomore year because I was sick of missing my stories. Right. My, my junior year, my classes were revolved around Guiding Light. They did. I had a, well, I had a year, I mean, it's not soaps, but every day I could watch Prices Right. Every day I was home by 11 o'clock. I had either 8 o'clock classes or I had 6 o'clock classes. Mm. And Prices Right was the 
was the standard. Why do you think that soap operas, um, well, I'll say this, I'm going to answer my own question. One of the things I think that soap operas did is it was communal, right? You talked about you had something to watch and you had something to complain about to your friends the next day. Um, And like you mentioned earlier, Melanie, with the fact that, you know, back then there wasn't, not only wasn't there cable, um, it was pretty much, you could rewatch it, you could record it, but pretty much if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. And and it was, there was this immediacy because it was on every day. It was different than shows that were weekly. Right. These shows were and the shows every that were day. weekly had reruns. Yes, and back then soap operas didn't have there reruns. were no reruns. Oh, yeah. and also if you miss something huge, like when I'm about to say spoilers for a thing that happened 35 years ago, uh, there was a character we mentioned on All My Children Named Jesse, <laughs> who was a he became a police officer. Yes, he did, and had married his sweetheart, and they got Angie, and they got some stuff. Had a little baby named Frankie. And so I'm watching, we, in the Baltimore Sun then, they had soap recaps. So I had not yet seen Friday's episode. So I opened the soap recap on Monday, and it says, Jesse dies. Yeah, there were no spoiler alerts back then. No. They just, here's your spoiler. Because they're like, you only got once to watch, you should notice. I was like, who said what? And I grabbed you, and I said, what is it? Like, what is this saying? I will never what does this forget? mean? And that was yeah. another great thing, because speaking of spoilers, yeah, if you saw it in the paper and you hadn't watched it, but the other great thing was, unlike now, where there's just so much press about anything entertainment-wise, and there's nothing that a show can do, mostly, typically, that's going to surprise you, yes. because you've already read the article in, in you know, um, Vulture or whatever... Back then, you just did not know what was going to happen. And they so, would kill you off. And, and if somebody died, yes, it was an event. Because we didn't see it coming. We didn't see it coming. There was no Twitter with them talking about so-and-so's negotiations. Like right now, the biggest thing on General Hospital has been two actors who, yeah. um, one of whom, honestly, was the show was written around. For and years. For years. And one who, you know, you could take or leave. But both of them had COVID issues and ABC was like, we're not messing around. Goodbye. Yeah, these were co- these guys were like, we're not getting vaxxed. And ABC's like, see ya. And so if that had happened 30 years ago, how would we have known? It just would have happened, right? Yeah. But for, we saw this litigated for, for weeks on Twitter because Ingo Ronemacher, who played Jax, was arguing with the woman who played his once best friend, Nancy, Nancy, Nancy Lee, Lee Gron, and they were yelling at each other. celebrated her anniversary on General Hospital, by the way. Yes. And you know, and part, that's another issue. I, I, I gotta say, honestly, and I hate to say this, I don't watch my soaps and I don't watch my stories anymore. I mean, all my children, one life to live, unfortunately went the way of the dinosaur. Mm -hmm. General hospital has tried to pick up a lot of the slack. It's had some ups and it's downs, but it's so now we are, we now live in a time where because of things like Twitter, I know more than I want to know about that. When I'm watching general hospital, I want to see my girl, Alexis. Yes. Dealing with her, Ex, crazy ex-husbands or going to court to kick somebody's butt over like some righteous case. I don't want to be watching Nancy Lee Grodd and being like, this is the white feminist who like, you know, said some jacked up shit. Sorry. About um, Viola I Davis. I don't curse on your podcast. Some, backed up, some jacked up stuff about Viola Davis. I can't unhear that. Yeah. You know, I had... so interesting. 
Isn't it so? Because so those, those people's images back in the day were clearly crafted, right? You didn't see a lot about them. You saw them at Soap Fest, right? Yeah, that was it. Uh, that you was your, saw them. Yeah. You didn't know. There was a, a puff lot. piece right, in exactly. uh, Soap Opera Digest that was like right. their big face. So-and-so steps out. Blah, right. blah, blah, moves Look at the on. farm Lucy lives in on right. her yeah. days and off. And it was, you it was know? a lot yeah. about marriages and then yes. divorces and babies, and babies and, right? Yeah. And whatever. But, um... No, that's what they thought of their last story, but it wasn't this thing. Like I, I was never a fan of the Jason character on General Hospital. Jason, for those of you guys who don't know, it's a long story. I won't get into specifics; it won't mean anything to you. But I will say there was like the Quartermains, who were this big family, had a son named Jason, and they right around the time that they decided that gangsters were a thing in the '90s because of the Sopranos, mm -hmm. they decided to make the whole show a gangster show. They started killing off the Quartermains, and they made the Quartermains' son, who had a amnesia-causing accident, he became this thug named Jason Morgan. So and, his grandmother's maiden name. Yes, and became the acolyte of the terrible, sleazy, horrible. I hate him. Um, mo get mobster, former club owner who made a girl strip and almost OD. So let's talk about that, Sonny. Karen Wexler truthiness mm. over here. But anyway, so those people suddenly became like the crux of the show. Leslie got history. History. Those people became the crux of the show and everyone else became these fuddy-duddies who won't let them be. It's like, but the criminals though. Why would the court <laughs> man's let but them? But the other thing about that as a longtime viewer, because I started watching General Hospital, I, I watched... I'm when I say I started at about nine or two, well, seven, no, seven or eight with all my children, it was not too long before I'd gone down that slippery slope mm -hmm. and was watching all the ABC soaps. And General Hospital that I fell in love with was about these people in this town of Port Charles, mm -hmm. and there's this hospital that everything revolves around, so a lot of the characters work at the hospital. But it was about this town this, in upstate New York, <laughs> And there were these rich people like the Quartermains. And then, of course, as you said, the salt of the earth families. Um, like the, Spen well, the Spencers were a whole other thing. <laughs> the but Spencers were trash. First, the show got hijacked, though. And this is my thing. I love that the other two, all my children in, in Life to Live, really stuck to, they their, to, the their, yeah. they stuck yeah. to their heritage. Yes. General Hospital in the 70s got hijacked by Luke and Laura. Yep. And then it became this A whole, rapist and the woman he married. A rapist and the woman he raped and then who he ended up marrying, which they had to deal with many, many years later when it was no longer okay. And I will say which they it wasn't did ever, by They the way. did an incredible job of that. They did. They went back and tried to do some correcting of history. But in the seventies it got hijacked by this Luke and Laura story that got the whole country if you're if you're younger than us, you probably don't remember. But this was a phenomenon where the entire country, even people who didn't watch soaps, yes. knew who Luke, Luke and Laura were. Watch and that they wedding. were on the run. Watch and the watch wedding. Them. The yes. same way that they watched Princess die and exactly. Charles's wedding. That yeah. wedding and was up there with the royal wedding. That so Elizabeth Taylor shows up in yes. a cameo. That she's standing there. They walk down the aisle and you see Elizabeth Taylor and she's like, I'm going to get you or and whatever it is. once again, if yeah. you are younger than Gen X, Elizabeth Taylor was this iconic actress. I mean, the, the closest thing I can think of for y'all's generation, if you're millennials or Gen Z, I'm thinking maybe Julia Roberts, but like times a million I mean, that was a that was amazing that Elizabeth Meryl Streep. No, yeah. she was never the actress. If Charlize if Charlize Theron showed up on a thing, you'll be, be like, like, what? 
Or Angelina Jolie be like, wait, it, what happened? Yeah. It, it was a star of that What's caliber. Happening? Yes. But basically, ABC or General Hospital said, oh, look, people tuned in for this action-adventure nonsense. So then it was like a spy show yes. for a good, like, five or ten With years. The WSB. Then they had gotten finally back to the crux of the show. It's about and it these was people good. in this town. And it was And good. then this mob stuff happened, and the show has never recovered. It's never it's recovered. It's basically like Sopranos as a soap. Who? That's not what I tune in for. And, and it's, it's funny... Not- and it's not fun because before you could be, yes, there were like strippers with hearts of gold, right? Or people, yes. whatever. But but if really these people are killing people, and yes, it's and not, that's it's right. not great. And it's you used it's this well, it's well, kind of sort of where we are now, right? Where with mm-hmm. you know morality being. <laughs> Where, what, what? We can sort of change where things go or sort of decide mm. if things are really bad or not. But yeah, mm. it got it got not fun to watch. I don't know it when the last time I fun. watched. I will I, say yeah, I don't know that when one the last the, time was I watched G Eight. I have watched. I haven't watched it recently. Uh, my late husband was a GH fan. And I mean, I felt some kind of way when I moved finally after he died, and I did not program GH on my. Um, DVR, my new DVR, and I felt weird about it. His best friend, Jason, not the mobster, still watches it. So he'll call me every once in a while. And I keep up on it. Also, General Hospital, what General Hospital has done, and what Days Are Alive, Days Are Alive, which is now going to be exclusively on Peacock, it's a NBC soap, has gotten new fans because they have this nighttime component. Yes, I've heard of this. And they have made it fun, and it's diverse, it's diverse. I'm happy to hear that. And is, isn't Jackie here? Jackie, Jackie Harry's on it. You know, they've actually gone to some of the legacy characters. What the, well, you, we always used to joke, it's like, well, whose cousin is this? Like, every um, summer, a lot of the soap operas would do a thing where they would have, they knew the kids were home in the summer, the so they had the, 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 young, the young characters. It was always this person's niece and a granddaughter we yes. never heard of and the girl. I mean... Or they'd take a kid who was five years old last month. Yes. And make him 16 18, now. Yeah. And now he's in love with the, the nurse or the, the daughter of the family you're not supposed to love. But all of that to say is that one of the things that soap operas did, and they understood who their very strong um, viewership was, is that they introduced some social causes and things mm-hmm. in a way that no one else had Truth. because they knew they had a captive audience. Anything from Billy the Gay Teen. How did I, I know you were going to say Billy the Gay Teen? I, I was going to have to on um, One Life to Live. That or, nice woman who died of AIDS on All My Children. Was it um, Stuart's wife? Cindy. 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 Oh, Cindy. Died of AIDS. That was heartbreaking. Well, you know, I just so pulled up some All My Children Wikipedia before we talked. Um, all my children was the first soap opera to talk about the Vietnam War. Like oh, they yes, had, it was. they had characters debating the war. That's right. On Mars. on on television, they were Erica much... had an abortion, but she, then she but then yeah, it would, it was unabortion. The unabortion. Oh lord, that was a mess. And then, and that let me let's speak to that for a minute, okay? Yes. Because soap operas did at one point feel this amazing social responsibility because you have this captive audience of women and children children. (laughs) sitting at home. And so, especially considering, what what did we just say about the soap operas that so often there are white men writing for this audience that's mostly women and a lot of women of color. And Agnes Nixon, though, that's one thing I love about the ABC soaps. They were all developed by women. General Hospital was, but I think that might have been a husband-wife team. I don't remember. I think it may have been. But 
One Life to Live and All My Children were Agnes Nixon. Yeah. She was a woman. And so Erica Kane got pregnant. This was not long after Roe versus Wade. And she was like, I don't want to have a baby. I'm having an abortion. And that was a really groundbreaking story, not only because it dealt with this difficult issue, but also because it wasn't like, oh, but she was raped. Mm-mm. Oh, but it was, you know, she's going to die if she has a baby. She's got complications. This was what happens with a lot of actual real life women. I'm not ready to have a baby. And so I'm going to have an abortion. And that's a move that we, we don't, we rarely even see that now. Mm-hmm. And, on television. And it's very significant, too, because for those of you who don't understand, those of you, there are those of you who are our age who've never watched a soap who, who know who Erica Kane is. Because oh, yeah. Erica Kane was the icon. show, the icon. And because she wasn't just, often what shows did, particularly the shows we grew up in, like the sitcoms and stuff, they would have a character, something bad would happen to them. It was like a friend of the main guy no one had ever heard of, and then you never saw them again. This show had to live with Erica's yeah. decision. Erica was the main character of the show from the time she was a senior in high school, I think. Yeah, she was in high school when it started. They had to live with the decision until until they decided that they didn't. And And this man, this grown man shows up. Hi, I'm your aborted baby. What? What? It was was such a weird... Oh, Lord. It was a weird... It was it was weird, and again, but that's one of the things we you, she Leslie talked earlier about when Jesse died. Mm-hmm. These shows had creators, but they also had differences in writer and yes. writing stables and yes. differences in what writers did. So if someone wants to come along and do what they think is a correction or mm-hmm. a, or, I mean, all of the all of the characters. We're, we're Leslie and I would be guiding light fans. All of the characters who should have wound up together who didn't because the writers decided that they wanted these other characters to to be together. So a lot of that stuff changed. Like the whole Jesse and Angie thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have this correct, right? There was a writer strike. Yes. And the, and the strikers, the, the writers that were, that came in while the regular writers were on strike are the ones who decided to kill Jesse. To kill Jesse, mm-hmm. yeah. That's and, right. And, which also became, uh, we've got, which also got corrected. Right, yes. later. Several decades later. Well, we Several didn't mind that later. one so much, no, honestly, right. because we were of Jesse. Jesse. Because, because people come back to life, but you cannot unabort a baby. No. Well, the, uh, the thing is. <laughs> right. But again, it's it's just this idea though of like how people can like change whole universes yes. and how can like just with a pen you just can pen. you can write and, this oh, can I tell, oh, you oh, can sorry, but just I'm saying with just a pen you can like write this whole thing away or mm-hmm. kill this character like mm-hmm. that Leslie talked about finding out that Jesse died. I think Monday somehow we watched it or recorded it or something yeah. because I remember seeing. They were like the out gun. to dinner, right? The yes. gun, and there was a gun in the in the bushes or whatever at the restaurant. Yeah, like, he'll be right. fine. He'll be fine. Jesse's gonna he be great. Fine. I think that's what happened, Lynn. I think that's what happened. That we had actually seen the Friday episode, but they spilled on Monday that he well, was gonna die. Usually, what they would do is have the if, if it, on Friday they would have like the gun go off, boom, and maybe have him fall. But on Friday. But then Monday would be, oh, he is actually dead. That yes. would be the confirmation. And so Monday, it showed that. And I was like, what is happening? So it, it felt um, terrible and racist. Um, and Well, 
It's you know, one reason, and I, I wanted. There's a point I wanted to make about the 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 coming back to life thing. But before I go to that, what, what one reason it felt racist was because <laughs> Jesse and Angie were the first, and that and considering yes. stuff started in the '60s, and mm-hmm. we are '80s kids for the most mm-hmm. part. It took until the early '80s to actually have a black couple mm-hmm. with Super a storyline. Super well, 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 couple. I mean, there had been well, there yes, because there had been black couples like Joe and Susie in the background who come to the dinner parties. But this was a couple where we saw their relationship. Yes. We saw their meeting. We saw the courtship. We saw the marriage. We Her were parents for didn't, them. Didn't approve. The parents' yeah. issues. Uh, they'd never had black people explored as humans before. And they that, were young we were and pretty. Dressing young and pretty. We were there in the past to be young and pretty and to show that these white people are not racist because they are in the presence of these of uh, these these brown people who are like mannequins in the background. But as far as the coming back to life, one of the stories from my my own real life that I often tell people is that when my when I was eight years old, my my grandmother died, my father's mom, and. I remember every, that was my first experience with someone close to me dying. And I remember all the adults around me being so devastated, so devastated. And I didn't understand why, because I was like, but in a month or two, she's just going to come back. Wow, Mel. Mm. Because that that's how much soap I watched. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just, it's one of those things that I, like, Melanie had said before, it's hard as we begin to wrap this up, it's hard to really explain what phenomenon it was because, like she said, there were like three channels. There were only so much TV. Right now, there's so many channels and streaming and all these services. You know, I heard it was like, this show showing on Booby. It's like, what is Booby? It's a thing that. There's so much TV. There's stuff I'm dying to watch that I just forget even exists. And I'm like, oh, completely. Let me go watch that. And yes, I'm talking about YouTube. I'm sorry. I do watch some things on YouTube. So it's like, what is that? Like Freebie. Freebie. How about, how about yes. something? Do you know Crackle? Yes. Yeah. You know, just, they're just making them up now. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, but if Crackle it's on ever, a hootie. But it's on crack, hootie. What? But if any of these people ever in the future decide that they want to support us, then okay. We love you, Crackle. You're my boy, Blue. Anyway, the point Bring I'm making. Yes. It's very hard to imagine the captive audience that happened because literally your audience only had so many things to capture them and to have something that is a a phenomenon in that way that was a water cooler event for some people who never had a water cooler because they were at home or because they worked at a salon or because they worked at a school. Um, one of the, and I'm not going to say his name in case he doesn't. Well, I'm sure he'd be fine with it. One of my editors at the Palm beach post, who's a very high editor now always watched young and the restless. He would close his door to watch Young and the Restless. And some he was a black man. And some of the white people were like, he's like a dude's dude. He's like, he's watching soaps. He's like, yeah. Because it was cultural. And also because he could. Brings us back around to firefighters. You know, and that's... Before we right. go, one thing that I really do want to point out, though, and I know this is a fun, funny podcast, but I also have to say, while soaps I, I brought a lot to us, a lot of good, and a lot of good things. We talked about these issues, these social issues. Um, that they explored that were considered risky for nighttime TV even. Um, there's also the downside. Yes. Hmm. Where there were some things that they would do, and, and, and it was evident that there were no women or very few women in the writer's Absolutely. rooms. Like the, the whole trope of a woman who has been a villain, a villainess, being reformed through rape. Yes. That oh, was Lord. a big recurring theme in soaps. Oh, we hate her, but now she's been raped. 
And now she's a victim. And suddenly she's nice to people. And yeah. everyone give, likes give her. Give some examples. Gloria from All My Children. Yeah. Who was, you know, are, are, do we curse on this podcast or no? No. She was a witch on heel, on, on, on wheels. Yes. She really was. She was awful. And then they decided that they didn't, I think that I honestly, I, knowing soaps the way I do, when you watch them for a while, you get the formulas and you get to learn the formulas. I think that they originally intended to kill that character off, mm-hmm. but the actress was really pretty and she was she actually could act. And I think people liked her. And it was clear that when they decided, oh, well, we want to keep her around, mm. but she's so awful then I Ugh. don't remember who raped her, but somebody raped her. Maybe it was Dixie's brother, perhaps, I think. Maybe. Dixie's horrible brother, Will. It was somebody- Dixie's yes! brother, Will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then suddenly Gloria is this sympathetic person. Yes. yes. Um, I think she married Stuart. They made her so sainted that Ugh. Stuart married her. Although I think she did have an affair with Adam at one Stuart was it? Oh. Stuart and Adam were brothers twins. who were twins who were played by the David Canary. Wonderful David Canary, who was so good. That when Adam pretended to be Stuart, you knew it was Adam pretending to be yes. Stuart. Right, because Stuart <laughs> they had twins. some... They were twins. They yes. had, they had twins. A, a character with mental disabilities yes. who also got to get married and was a romantic And have children. And, and, and have children. Child. Yes. That was... A thing that did not usually happen. There wasn't, and yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure I would look back, and there would be some very special episode feelings. Erica's daughter coming out it. as a lesbian. Yes, I mean there, but she had to get so, raped too, though. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot about that. I the the use of rape on soap operas is something I that that's the only thing that's my one complaint because I love me some stories, but my one complaint about my upbringing in soaps is the use of rape was so egregious yes. and it was so it was used in such a manipulative way and as All somebody who is a survivor of rape mm-hmm. I, I I look back on that stuff and I just it's so it's cringy. cringy it's so cringy and I feel I, like I, ABC did that more cuz we watched Lynn and I watched our parents grandparents watched NBC our grandmother for a while watched Young and the Restless, so we got CBS there, and then we, I guess, organically came to As the World Turns and to and Guiding, Guiding Light. Light. But I feel like the rape as a course correction story, it was or so... Rape through redemption. Rape for, is redemption, yeah. Although, I will say, I will leave you all this. Well, don't One of leave us without done. Go ahead. What? Keep going. We I had something else to say. We don't want to leave ahead. on rape. Yeah. Okay, no, no, we won't leave on rape. But no, I will we say can't. this. <laughs> the one the last thing about rape I will say is that One Life to Live, talk about rewriting things, had an amazing storyline where a young woman named Marty Saybrook was raped at yes. a, um, yes. a frat party. Yes. And they actually dealt with rape in a as, beautiful way. In a beautiful way, and then they ruined it. Because the guy, Roger Howarth, who An amazing actor, one of my favorites. So amazingly, Todd Manning was also incredibly good looking and very compelling and, and charismatic and charismatic. And, yeah. So they decided to try to reform him as a bad boy. And may I just say that this actor, I've read articles before where he talks about how traumatic that was yes. for him yes. because he's playing this horrible rapist where he graphic. it was graphic for soap opera yes. was this rape. And then there are women coming up to him on the street Going, rape me. saying, rape me Todd. And this, this actor talked about his own trauma, his emotional trauma that that caused him. So that is actually, I, I know we've, we've said the word rape a lot in this, um, in this thing, but I have to tell you though, but that's one of the things we always ask the question at the end is, is this thing cheesy? But to show you that these it's things not. are talking about 
real issues and yeah. some of it was in ways that were like the like you said the marty saybrook thing which was yeah. i think one of the most realistic um incident mm-hmm. incidents uh examples of using that as a storyline because it was about how horrible that was and this was post right um what was that movie with Jodie Foster and yes, um, the, accused. the Accused? Yes, right. And and also what just like with the Accused, something else to to point out. I'm sorry to be so critical, That's but okay. before I mean, I I just feel like I'm always like Eeyore. I'm like, but the bad side is, but you know, that's another situation where Marty was kind of this unpleasant rich party girl mm-hmm. prior to the rape. And then she was St. Marty forever after. Yes. She, and what I will say that one of the things about that, though, was that that was, as is used, like in The Accused, was used against her. Mm-hmm. That she was a party girl. Absolutely. That she was partying with these guys. That yeah. she was an unpleasant person. She wasn't, like, they chose her and not some character that yeah. was nice Yeah. to be the person to yeah. say... Is our and then they got ridiculous with Todd going crazy and you know kidnapping his lawyer and it's all this garbage like they couldn't help themselves they could and I love Nora but they could not they couldn't help themselves they had to make it crazy um sometimes um I will I'll say I will say this I for a while knew a guy named Hogan Sheffer whose brother is Craig Sheffer the actor and Hogan for a while was a showrunner of As the World Turns mm. and he he had he did not come from soaps and he said when he first came. To, as the world turns, they would say, say, well, who do we got? And they'd say, here's like 50 characters. He'd go, well, she's cute. He's cute. And the people go, no, there's co- their cousins. Okay, never mind. Well, how about them? That's literally her father. Okay, well, never mind. there's a Bible for every soap. He didn't bother to read the Bible? No, he had to go back and read it. Because basically he just came, he would look at the characters because he came from a, a writer's thing. It's like, well, who do we have? They're like, you have to know who these people are. And he said, I didn't understand that about soaps. I didn't really mm. understand the genre. And I have yeah. such a respect for it because the yeah. Bible matters, the Bible sure of these does. things. And so yeah. when you well, go explain, against ex- it. Explain what the, what the soap Bible is. The, the Bible is, the, is basically the, the history of that soap. Right. So if, you know, like Leslie is saying, it, the, the Bible of the show tells you, Who's related to who? Mm-hmm. Here's what Susie's history is. Susie came on the show as such and such. This the core families of this show are the Martins and the Wallingfords and the you know the and whatever. I mean, this is it's it's basically the the documentation. It's it's the it's the codification of like what this universe is right. that you're walking into. And I will say one of the things I loved most about being an ABC soap fan was that the Bibles were all intertwined. They were. So, and the universe, it's like sort of the Marvel universe where, you know, you might see um, Iron Man in a Spider-Man movie. Right. There were lots of times where Nora Buchanan would leave Landview of One Life to Live and go to One Li- go to All My Children to advise Tad Martin right. on something. Or, you know, one All My Children and One Life to Live ended... A lot of the characters from One Life to Live, which really was the superior show of ABC, mm-hmm. yes. it was a travesty that I will never forgive Disney or ABC for, that they nixed One Life to Live and kept lame butt General Hospital. But anyway, a lot of those great One Life to Live characters landed on General Hospital until another outside company bought the rights to One Life to Live and said, no, you can't have the characters, which I will be bitter about also And forever. then didn't do it, then did very little with it. Did very, didn't, and did nothing. They ruined the two shows. Yeah. And then the shows got canceled. I think they were in syndication or yes. online shows. Or they got, it was they online. were online. It was digital. You could see them at a... insulting is that? You could see them at an Arby's at 557. It was awful. In the well, morning. that's kind of what's happening. 
happening now with Dave's is that Dave's is being taken off of a yeah. off of NBC and is now just on Peacock. And you have these old people who don't have Peacock who aren't yes. able to watch it. Basically, it's a slow death. Um, well, I will say it's a slow death, but I think they can make it into something. I think I truly... I, I watched the soap opera awards for the first time in years. They didn't have them for a couple of years this year, and I didn't know who everybody was. But as I told Melanie, it took me like five seconds to figure out who everybody was. Because yeah. they go, this is, and a lot of it was like, there's a lot of like young, light skinned black people on like soap operas now, and they'll go, and a lot of them won awards. And they were like, this is Ava playing Destiny. Um, one of like I don't know who any of these people are, but they well, would show them. And they would be with enough people in the scene where I go, "Oh, that's so and so's girlfriend." The first black is she going younger than the rest of us? The first yes. black woman to win the lead actress yes award won this year. Yes. Okay. First black woman ever ever to, to win, win the this year. This year. year. That's some shameful ish right there. And. and uh, Shameful. And Erica Kane, played by Susan Lucci. Susan Lucci's husband died last year. Oh, I didn't I've know met that. them both. They were lovely people. Helmet. And so, Helmet. Helmet Hooper, right? Yes. And so she did the in memoriam. And I was like, stop this. It was yeah. terrible. Well, anyway. I, I, I do want to say something else about the slow death thing that, that Lynn just talked about with days on streaming. I think that all soaps, though, are going through a slow death. Yes. Hmm. I, you know, like Leslie had said earlier about the streaming that, you know, they've got some some heritage characters and more people of color the only way the soaps are going to survive is to pick up young viewers absolutely because the the folks who those of us who were so dedicated to it we're not young anymore no. uh, the folks who were showing us the stories when we were kids are, are gone. mostly gone yeah and you know we are out here working for a living raising children caring for elders in this middle stage of life young people don't watch soaps mm -mm. I, my daughter maya actually does have some memories of one life to live which makes me very proud she'll mention like jess and tess there's so many multiple personalities on one life to live we won't even get into that but as my husband used to call them tessica jessica tessica and, and jessica right and exactly. messica and yeah and then vicky and nikki and and she had <laughs> oh, another vicky one and nikki. so but you know my but chill, kids, young people are not invested in these shows. Mm -hmm. Their audience is graying. And yeah. I think that we're going to see the slow... I think I think we've been seeing. We are we not have. going to see. We, are, we, we have are been seeing. in the midst for 10 years of the slow death of this genre. And it's a genre that's been so important to so many right. of us. And it's lasted, honestly, longer so than So much longer than you because think. Because when, when the shows, when the, AB, the ABC shows mostly went away, I thought, well, this is it. You know, and actually that year, Melanie came to the Seminole Casino in Florida with my husband and I, and he gambled, and we went and saw Pine Valley Live. Um, and that was basically a statement of, we're still here. We're still... They were trying, girl. They were trying, you know. Anyway... Well, have um, you all heard about this I, this um, project where Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos mm -mm. Are, are have been... And I don't know with what the status of this is. For all I know, it could be dead. But I know that within the last year, I've read a couple of articles that Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos are trying to bring All My Children back as an that. evening show called Pine Valley. I saw that. And I think it would be a weekly evening soap or nighttime I'm there. soap. I'm there. I'm, I am there. Where is the popcorn? I will say the well, last question we always ask well, our well, guests. Well, can I? Oh, sure. I had a last question, too. But go oh, ahead. What was your, you, you ask yours, and I'll ask you, because we'll edit this, but I have to go to work. Well, that's so. cool. I just, wait, wait, what, what I wanted to say, and maybe it's a way of framing that la our last question, say what the last question usually is, Leslie. The last question usually is, 
have we decided this thing is cheesy? And if it is, do you care? I have an answer. Yeah. Well, well, ahead, and, 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 and can you sort of do add you this? care is the most important right. part. Do you add this into your answer? I want to know because we talked a lot about the things that the shows get wrong and, yeah. and the things they've gotten wrong. Can you talk, can you and your answer about whether or not you care, talk about your favorite thing or that, that you think is the legacy of these soaps? Absolutely. Love it. So, oh boy, that might, that's like a 30 minute dissertation uh, uh. right there. So, first of all, do I think it's cheesy or not? It's like broccoli covered in a nice cheese sauce. There, the cheese is there, but there is something a little more nourishing yes. that mm. you might be surprised to find under all that cheese sauce. Yes. Um, I love it. <laughs> she food. good. We I, have to have her back at some point. We do food it's is really metaphors good. and Melanie. We just go hand in hand. Anyway, um, so do I care if it's? If I, I honestly, no. I it's a, it's still a genre. I think I hope it's come through even with my critiques of it. It's a genre I love quite a lot. Why do I think it's important, or why do I think it's a? I think it's important because of what we've talked about. That you you get to well. Let me let me backtrack. I think it's effective. Yes. Because. You, there's no other genre I can think of where you are visiting people's lives mm. every day, five every day. days a week mm. for an hour. Mm. And because they have all of this space to fill during the week, every moment isn't riveting. Mm -mm. So you, you do have moments where two people are just sitting down drinking coffee. That's a stereotype from old soap days. And we, and I miss that though. I miss those scenes mm -hmm. when General Hospital became the mob show. Everything was, right. and then we're calling the five families and then the gun. Oh, and the five families. <laughs> you know, and that just What drove me crazy, drives me crazy about <laughs> Joe, Joe, Giant General Hospital was the slow motion stuff. Like whenever they're like going to shoot somebody or fight, yeah. it's always like this boom, 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 boom. It's so bad. It's like, I hate Luke it. Jumping on to a speedboat. Yeah, it, yes. it, it really is. I, that, that, I really loved it. I love soaps best when they stay in their lane mm -hmm. and they're about stories about people, stories about alcoholism, stories mm -hmm. about um, being at least temporarily poor, stories about, you know, people, people being friends, stories about friendships, stories about female friendships. Soaps were the first place I ever saw stories about female friendships, grown woman friendships. And you knew who friends were. You knew you did. who people's best friends you were. Did. And you cared about those friendships. And when something happened where these friends were, were beefing with each other, you felt that and you cared about that. I, that's what I feel was so was so effective about the genre, and because of that, you when you did tell a story about Cindy dying of AIDS, or when you did tell a story about Gil Billy the Gay Teen, it wasn't it didn't seem quite as gimmicky as it sounds when we talk about it, right? Because you had spent five days a week with Cindy in her home. Right watching her make a cup of tea and talk to Stuart about Scott or whatever. And there's an intimacy that came with that that you just don't get from things now. The closest thing I can think of now is when we binge because we're watching you right. know, 10 episodes all in a row. But, you, but still, because 
they don't have that space to fill that soaps do. And I, I guess this is part of what makes maybe makes it boring to some people. But, mm. you know, you, you still are just getting action, 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 right. or event, 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 event. You're, it's the only genre I've ever seen where you get to know characters in a way that you feel intimately like you know their lives. And that's what, that would be my answer to, thank you, Melanie, that was all amazing, is, is the fact that you knew these people. And even when they had people like a Cindy or a Billy the Gay Teen, even if you, if they sometimes brought these characters on to be the character who would have this issue, they were the niece, nephew, brother, sister, mm -hmm. cousin, mm -hmm. whatever, of people that you loved. Yes. And you got to see... It was all about connection. I, I yeah. my favorite, I think, of all of these is probably Guiding Light. Um, and as well as Will turns and Guiding Light, yeah, since they're not this this era. But of my soap operas, but because I loved, I can watch an old video of, of um, uh, Tad Martin on All My yeah. Children, or big of, ups to Tad, right? I love him, or of Jesse and Angie. And I get excited because there's this connection yes. that you can only get, like you said, from watching yes. people and in because... and out, in and out five days a week. And they meant, they meant something to you. Anyway, Melanie, is there anything that you would like to promote or talk about or let our, our listeners know about? Um, first thing I'm going to say, does it have to be light and cheesy or no. can it be any old thing? So the first thing I'm going to say, please talk to your children about race. Talk to them about race often. Talk to them about mm. race in depth. They see it. It's there. There's no such thing as a phase of life in which children <laughs> don't notice race exactly. and are not developing as people within this very racialized society. Um, I would love to promote that this is how to do this is something that I teach teachers and I'm moving into the realm of teaching parents as well through my consulting work. I will be offering teachable courses. Uh, look for Melanie Hood Wilson and Associates on Teachable. There are classes coming soon on how to talk to children about race and how to integrate issues of race into your family life and into your classroom so that your kids are well equipped by the age of nine. Our racial ideas are pretty much etched in stone. After the age of nine, typically the only thing that changes your mind about people of other races is a major life event. Mm -hmm. And most of those things that are wow. believed by children up to the age of nine are based in stereotype because we still live in a very segregated society. Oh, Talk to your children about race. Well, thank you so much, um, you guys. Thanks. This is just amazing. Obviously, this could have gone for another three hours, and maybe we'll have to revisit it at some point. Because we didn't Actually, even talk about Tad and Jenny and Greg. We did not. When we come back, when we have Melanie back, I want to do nighttime soaps. Um, because and I, I want to just talk about just, you know, that gif of Alexis Carrington going, I have the receipts, because that's my favorite thing in the world. Anyway, um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Bugs, for being with us. Stay cheesy. Bye.